You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. In this section called Scientists at Work, we talk to people who, for some reason or another, find themselves working, researching or thinking about science in Cambridge, England. Let's listen to Stuart Dyer telling Nicola what this company does. Hello, Stuart. Can you tell us about Granted Design? It's a university spin-off, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. We spun out of Cambridge University about 14 years ago based on some work done by Professor Mike Ashby, who's a bit of a guru in the, in the materials world. Um, Mike had developed a way of picking the right material, not just by saying, right, I want something cheaper than this or, or stronger than that, but really by using a number of engineering performance indices to say, I want something light and stiff or has these these particular uh, property ratios of interest. He taught this for a number of years to, to graduates in the university, and obviously people graduate, they get out into the real world, and then we're, we're slightly lost without the, the software that Mike teaching them how to use. So uh, the company was a, a spin-out from the university, and there's about 80, 90 years now. We, That's quite a sizable outfit, then. not yeah. yeah, we've been yeah. growing at about 30% a year for the, uh, for the past uh, eight, nine years, I think. So uh, it's going well. Yeah. And, and what do you actually do? I mean, do you sell the software or do you sell consulting? Uh, we've we've got a range of services really. I mean, the the main thing is two different sets of software. One really is for for picking the right material for a, a particular application. So that's literally anything that involves materials. So from kitchen sinks to satellites, people engineers have to choose the right material for that application. Our software will help them do that. The second set of software is really. Um, a, a database. People like Rolls-Royce, if they're putting a material in an engine, they will test that material literally tens of thousands of times to find to get the most accurate data they can and then provide that accurate data to their engineers who are actually doing the designs. So what are the criteria that go into this database? I mean, how many things are there? Well, in terms of materials properties, there's a, there's a whole range of um, material properties that you can measure. There's a lot of sort of standard ones like mechanical, how stiff is it, how strong is it, um, there's a lot in terms of when you get into the aerospace industry, they're much more interested in terms of strength versus temperature. So obviously if you're putting something in an engine, it's going to get very hot and you want to know how strong it is at that particular temperature rather than just at room temperature. And then, of course, there's, there's a whole lot of other environmental impacts that materials have. So things like whether they've got any, any particularly nasty chemicals in them, whether they're how much energy is involved in manufacturing that material. And those are used so that people can pick the materials that are effectively sustainable and uh, lower the impact on, on what, they're, what they're designing. So if I was interested in, I don't know, a material for helicopter blades, what kind of criteria would I be interested in? Well, you, you'd, you'd want something that is, that is very strong. It's, it would have to be stiff and it would have to be um, very damage tolerant is typically the thing for, for helicopter blades as well in terms of, uh, you know, if you're, in, if you're in a desert, there's always sand flying around, objects around, and have very long fatigue life as well in terms of um, effectively materials fatigue life. It, it's almost what it says. Materials will get tired after operating under very harsh environments. They will effectively, effectively break after a, after a long time. So fatigue life is very important. What about something more domestic, like, I don't know, a coffee pot or something? Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned that, actually. Um, one of the sort of sustainability case studies that we've done is a, is a good example um, which illustrates how some of the software works is looking at a coffee pot. And what you can do is you can analyze the components in it, what they're made out of, and then really narrow it down into a number of areas and say, right, what is the environmental impact of the materials that we're using in this particular 
this particular product. What is what are the factors in terms of the manufacture? So what energy is used in manufacturing it? What energy is used purely in using the product? Something like a coffee pot. Obviously, you've got to heat it. And then what is what what energy is used in in either disposing of the product? And also, in some cases, what energy is used in transporting the product, moving it around? What you'll normally find is that one of these will typically dominate, and then you can narrow down on that area and, and work on it. So, for example, with a coffee pot, it's actually the use of it. It's the heating of the water that is the, the dominant area. So if instead of, for example, a glass coffee pot, um, you use one that is insulated, then you can actually drop down the amount of energy used in the, in the whole product. So what else would you make it out of? Well, you, your options there is typically the, the normal glass, but then when it comes to the insulation, then, for example, you could use a double-walled stainless steel pot. Oh, That's yeah. the sort of typical thing that they would use. That could be very elegant too. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> what about um, some of the exotic materials in your database? Can you can you tell us about some interesting ones? Well, certainly. I mean, our, our aim is very much to cover uh, the whole range of materials, and there's some very interesting ones there in terms of, I mean, for example, ceramics. Everyone thinks of ceramics, they think of cups and plates, but under the technical ceramics, there's some very interesting materials, things like sapphire, for example, which is used for for windows on uh, infrared cameras, so the sort of things that uh, you know would be used in in military drones, those sort of things. And so also, why is sapphire used? Um, it's used because it's very good in terms of um, letting through in infrared radiation, so that you can uh, get all wavelengths of of light through it. Isn't this phenomenally expensive? Uh, yeah, it is quite expensive, but the, these aren't natural sapphires. These are these are man-made sapphires, so they're growing those specifically for the application itself. Do you think? Do you think if you buy sapphire in the jewellers, is that man-made? Uh, I wouldn't suggest that myself, but uh, <laughs> it might be possible. Okay. Um, what else then? Come on, you were telling me about some Formula One story. Yeah, no, we had an interesting case a, a few years ago where one of my colleagues went to, to visit one of the Formula One teams and he, he'd shown them the software a bit and, and they sort of sat there and said, well, come on then, all right, you know, enough of the theory. Um, we want a material that it's light, it's stiff, it's got to have a good ratio of this, that, the other. Um, gave him various properties, he sat there, worked through it, showed them how to narrow it down to the right material and came across, oh, balsa wood. Um, he thought he'd done something wrong, so he sort of quickly backed up and said, oh, well, maybe, you know, if we change this, we change that. And they said, well, no, actually, that's quite interesting because we do use balsa wood. He said, where on earth do you use balsa wood in a Formula 1 car? Well, afraid we're not telling you, but uh, we'd be quite interested in using your software. Wow, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's just brilliant. This stuff is really useful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stuart. Whoa, is that balsa wood? The same stuff that we used to make model aeroplanes being now used for a racing car? That's the stuff. It's really light. I suppose that's what they want it for. And though it's a bit soft, it's obviously not too soft for what they want it for. It's not always modern manufacturing materials that are the best. Sometimes natural materials are even better. I'm a great fan of appropriate technology, not just technology for technology's sake. That's pretty much all for today's show. Scientists at Work is made by the Science Show team on Community Radio, Cambridge 105. You can also find past episodes on the website www.cambridge105.fm You can also subscribe to future podcasts with the iTunes store. You can get in touch with us on the email science at cambridge105.fm or on Twitter at 105science. Till next time, it's bye from the Science Show team of Roger Frost and Nicola Terry. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. <laughs>